Hello and good night. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. We'll see you later. <laughs> Welcome to Monday, and it feels like a Monday. Yes, sir. It is one of those days. If it can go wrong, it has. I hear you. And let me tell you, I have been sick. I'm so sick, as you can probably tell. Yeah, you sound like you're like got a bad cold or something. Well, and it's been like this for days now, and everybody that I know has been getting sick. Well, don't pass it to me. I don't well, want nothing to do with it. You don't go anywhere, so that's good. That's right. <laughs> but, like, I still have a family member that's still in the hospital from the last time that we talked. Oof. And with pneumonia and RSV. Doing any better, hopefully? Doing better, but still in the hospital. Right. That's no good. And then my wife was sick. My sister-in-law was sick. Um, I got sick. I know Sandy hasn't been feeling well. Hello, Sandy. Good to see you there. I know that uh, two people at work today went home sick, and three other people were saying they didn't feel good. And, and I know in my wife's work, somebody that she works with left early today sick. <laughs> it seems to be going around. Well, we better lock down the country for three years to combat well, it. That's where I was going. Because you know what's out there. Have you heard about this? I have not. I was joking, but okay. <laughs> um, there are some members of Congress, including, I think, four Republicans. I think J.D. Vance, uh, Senator J.D. Vance from Ohio, actually wrote a letter and has called now for a travel ban from China because there is a thing called white lung disease. White lung disease? Yes. Okay. I don't know if you have the ability to look up what these symptoms are of white lung disease. No. But this is for real. And uh, yes, yeah, the to quote Gunner, the damn Chinese are at it again. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um. Well, white lung syndrome is emerging as a new health issue of global concern. The term is was first associated with an outbreak of respiratory illness in China. Yes. It now describes a similar wave of pneumonia that is affecting children across the U.S. Since August of this year, around 150 pediatric pneumonia cases have been reported. Blah, blah, blah. I'm looking for... Um, let's see. <laughs> I don't see any like symptoms. It just sounds like it's, it's pneumonia. Clogged up lungs and fluid in the lungs and all that other shit. White lung disease sounds racist. Can non-whites get it? I'd say I think probably not. I think it's a white people's disease. Yeah, well, they're hoping that anyway. They're okay with us dying as long as they're not. So, but it is a real thing that's going around. And I know that it says children mainly, but the people that I know have all had symptoms that are slightly like pneumonia. Sure. Now, that could be the common cold, because the common cold has this yeah. pneumonia. Uh, everything that you can get really has symptoms of pneumonia. But uh, like me, it started out like kind of achy and just kind of like just not feeling all right. Right. Then it progressed into just tired. Then it progressed into sore throat. Then it was like clogged up and then runny nose all over the place. And today it's just been kind of like, man, just dragging ass. 
Sounds like they repackaged COVID to me. It does. It sounds like, yeah, I, I think I got a gift. But uh, <laughs> I know that I've had you know, a couple of different family members that are close to me that have, uh, got tested for COVID to see if it was. I won't take the test. Yeah. Fuck old. Right. Uh, but, and it was not COVID. So I don't know what it is that they have, but, uh, or what's going around, but it doesn't seem to be COVID. It seems to be something totally different. Well, let's close all the businesses and let's make it so that you don't get this if you're sitting, but only if you're standing. And yes, let's get back the red, yellow, and green um, statuses of your of your local county. Let's get and, right on that. And if you stand five and a half feet away, you're screwed. But six feet away, you're okay. Yeah. And please put on a mask that is completely uh, useless. Work <laughs> that you can breathe anything in that you want. Sure. Can we get Governor DeWine to tell us that the curve will be broken in two weeks or two months or two years, but change his story every time? And look, Heidi's checking in. There is an ammonia outbreak in Ohio. I think I saw. Yes, All I right. there is a pneumonia outbreak in Ohio. Well, thankfully, I don't go out. So I th- I'll tell you what. Say what you will. Being a hermit is starting to really have good perks. I was going to say, man, you got it made. <laughs> I don't deal with any of this shit. No, you're, you're just. You're sitting at home and relaxing. Everything's good. Yeah. Sit home, watch TV, do some shows, do some work. It's great. If you see me in my car in your driveway, it's because I'm breathing down your chimney to see if you get sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. I don't want nothing to do with... Look, you forget, I'm the one that was in the hospital with COVID yeah, last time. Yeah. I really don't want nothing to do with, with anything with the lungs. I'm so stupid. I've had I've had pneumonia seven different times. Because when I got burned up, my lungs got singed yeah. from the heat. Oh. So I'm I'm notoriously susceptible to pneumonia. That's why even if you go back in the videos on this show, you'll see from probably about September, I'm, I'm wearing a hoodie almost all the time. It's because I get sick super quick. And where you might get a cold and, you know, you shake it off after two or three days, it sinks. Parts of my lungs don't work. The top quarter more or less of my lungs don't work yeah. from the burns so everything that every disease every bug sinks deep into my lungs i've had the long needle seven different times dude where they stick the big long needle through your ribs and suck out uh. the, suck out the shit when you have when you have bad pneumonia i've seen the green goo come out it ain't fun is that bad <laughs> it does it hurt it hurts like hell dude they're puncturing your lung why well, do you know if they put you to sleep or something like that? No, shit, no. No, they just put it in. Literally, it doesn't hurt too bad. I mean, it hurts. It, it hurts like any other shot, I guess. You know, it's it's deeper, so yeah. it hurts. And obviously, your lungs are not used to being touched by anything, so that feels yes. weird. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you where it feels weird is for the day after. Because for the entire day after, you're like, <sighs> you, you know, you're you feel like you have a lung problem because your lung got punctured. So it's, it's, it, it sucks. It's, I, there's no good that comes out of getting your lung drained from, from pneumonia. So keep that shit away from me. Well, CNN is reporting. Let's see. <clears throat> I don't know if you can believe it. It's CNN. Uh, but Heidi would probably agree. It says, um, Michael, mycoplasma, the bacteria behind the recent spikes in pneumonia cases in Ohio and overseas. Hmm. 
But well, CNN is reporting be, it that it must be a macroplasma. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this all seemed to be related to children. But none of the people I know that are getting sick are kids. Well, not to get us kicked off of YouTube in 3.5 seconds, but um, yeah, what was no. the one place that um, COVID did not seem to affect too bad? Kids. Children. Yes. So, hmm. That's all I'll say is, hmm. Now they're going to start with kids to make sure that you get your kids a vaccination? Hmm. New wave is the kids. It could be. Yeah. Could very well be. Not saying that's what's going on, but I'm not saying it's not. Yes, a hermit might be safe, but it can get pretty boring. Not for eh, Chris. Not for me. I have every TV channel known to man. <laughs> Are you a video game guy? Nah, I really, I have a PS whatever, four or five, whatever it is. Not the white one that looks like a vagina, the other one. <laughs> the, yeah. Is that a four? I don't know. I'm not a PS uh, PlayStation guy, but an Xbox guy. Uh, I, I have a PS whatever, and... I have like two games on it. I have NFL football and I have baseball or basketball rather. I have three because I do have a baseball game too. But I, even though it sits in front of, right in front of me on my TV in my bedroom, I don't think it's even been turned on in about three years. So I just I'm not a not much of a gamer anymore. I used to be. You would think a guy that owns a fucking pinball place would be a gamer, but no, I'm really not. When I was in, uh, you know, stuck here for like a year without being able to go outside because I couldn't drive anywhere. Right. If I didn't have video games or cable, I would have killed somebody. Literally, I would have <laughs> right. gone to a neighbor's house and crawled there with one leg and beaten the hell out of somebody. Sure. Because I, I would have just gone crazy without something. But yeah, well, I, now I don't have time to do anything. Now I'm just constantly working nonstop. Well, if we get, I'm not bitching about. I'm not bitching about that, by yeah. the way. I'm, well, yeah. if we if we do get locked down again, dude, I'm gonna tell you. There's so much entertainment on X right now that that X isn't like X like Twitter X oh. no like Twitter X X yeah. I just call it X it's quicker than Twitter less gay sounding but um um there's so much real life shit on on X that you can watch you can watch for days we did a thing we did a thing um on on CMS on Saturday where I just randomly did a search on um, shootings at gas stations. All right. We must have pulled up 50 videos really? that just came up like that of people shooting each other at gas stations. X is great entertainment. The best thing I saw on X, Twitter, or whatever it is, is Elon Musk the other day telling Disney that he doesn't care if he advertises. With them. Oh, I love that. When he said, go fuck yourself, I was like, all right, I love it. Elon Musk, yeah. I, I love that guy. If Dude. I want to turn gay, he might be my guy. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what's even more crazy about that. Those people, like Bob Iger. They were there. They were sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> he might as well got right in his face and told him to go fuck himself. It was fantastic. The greatest thing I've ever seen. I, but I guess if you have $250 billion, you really don't care. He don't care. He doesn't care at all. I used to follow an account uh, called Guy with Swords, and he would post the craziest shit. Oh, yeah. Factory accidents, murders, car wrecks, amputations. It's all on there. But he said, she says uh, I, they did ban him, I believe. But that was the old X. In today's X, they let anything. It's the Wild West over there now. I, I got to see something now. Is there a- you better Guy take us off YouTube. 
I'll pull it up, but you, I better take us off YouTube first. Why? No, we can't do that. Don't take YouTube. Off. YouTube will will absolutely ban the channel if we post uh, if we post somebody shooting somebody, we will get banned. Yeah, I don't. But the amputation, I might want to see. That might be kind of fun. You can't show that. Either. You can't show anything with blood. Okay, but I am an amputee. Isn't there like fair use nope. of it? Nope. You want to try it? No. Nope. I'm game. Nope. Every look at everyone is watching on YouTube. I don't want to. You know. You know me. I'm game, and I could care less if YouTube bans us. I really don't. I hate YouTube. I'd cancel them in a straight heartbeat. That's why it was so great on CMS, because we are not. We don't put the show on YouTube. So I just was like, whatever. It was on Rumble. We could show that all day long, and we did, about 50 minutes. <coughs> I'm just showing it. It was great. There was a one video of a guy coming in on his wife and her lover, and he murdered her with a knife. It was yeah. super fucked up. There's all, dude. It's all on X now. Yeah, X I is still good. X and I, I, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I, I still get the shit. The whiny little people I don't want to listen to. Well, that's because you follow them or you click on their shit when they I don't do mean it. To I don't. I'm not trying to. I don't know. You, what I anytime I see a, I'll tell you how I've wielded my ex profiles down so that I don't see any of that. Anytime I see any of it, I block it just immediately. And it's not even friends or what I don't use it for that purpose. Really. I don't use it to, to keep up with people. It's yeah. just for my entertainment. So anytime I see anything, Trump is a dick blocked. Biden is an asshole blocked. So I've blocked anybody that does political content and I watch anything that has to do with sheer violence. So that's what my algorithm feeds me is nothing but sheer violence. So I just turned on X and the first thing that popped up was I didn't know we were live on Twitter. So that's good. Yeah, we're on Twitter. And then it, the, the first post I see is I'm hearing Dante Moore is heading to Columbus to play QB for the Buckeyes. Oh, good. I thought that I thought I read that Arch Manning was. I think they, they, the report I heard on the way home is that they're slow rolling that kid. Yeah, I saw the other guy said, fuck this, I'm out of here, the, the Ohio State well, kid. Did you see 600 players in college football do the same thing? Yeah, because it's all about it. money now. Because now it's all about they get these NIL things, and so they get money for fucking playing college football. And you know, some want more. Now it's a bidding war out there to see who's going to make the most cash. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude. There's... I mean, not that I'm unhappy to see Kyle McCord go from the, the Buckeyes. If it wasn't for him, they probably, you know, were still in it. Uh, I mean, as a first-year player, I don't mean to make the kid sound like a, a dick, but if we had a better quarterback, I think the, the Buckeyes are still playing. No, you you can start you can start that argument with the coach too, but he ain't going anywhere. It doesn't seem like so. You know, not that I follow college football enough to really know, but you know, I, I, dude, look, this 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 nil yeah. is gonna both ruin college football, but it's it's good for the athletes because the athletes have been prostituted forever you know i mean college football is a billion dollar industry and these guys get suspended when they get when they take a free lunch from somebody so you know good on the players for getting their money i'm always for anybody getting their money but at the same time it is going to absolutely i would bet you anything i'd bet you my house that 10 years from now 10 years ohio state will no longer be a powerhouse probably not 
because there's not enough money. You're going to see all of the powerhouse teams that are not powerhouses now that are in the coasts. You're going to see USC is going to reemerge. UCLA is going to emerge. Um, anything in those coastal places that have a ton of money. What's the, what's the colleges in New York? Whatever that would be. That'll probably emerge because there's more money there. Illinois, I bet you Illinois comes up just because there's more money. You know, there's more money to throw around. So, speaking of college football, did you see the four teams that are in the... uh... I did not. I do not watch. I don't watch college football. I really don't. So, there's a big controversy when it comes to the college football playoff now, too. Okay, why? Well, you have Michigan, who's obviously, they were undefeated. Sure. They're in. You have... Washington, who was undefeated, also going in, whatever. So, the great team. Then you have Texas, who is now uh, in the college football playoff, and Alabama in the college football playoff. Now, Alabama lost earlier this season to Texas, and Florida State got the snub, even though they were undefeated in a Power Five conference, and they are not in the college football playoff because their quarterback got hurt like a month ago. And so they say that they're not the same team. Well, they're so still 13-0. and 0. Why is that a problem? Who cares? If undefeated, the same team? Power 5 Conference, and they are not in the college football playoff. Yeah. College football is bunk. Am I wrong in thinking that? It's just bunk. The way they do all the, their playoffs and all this crap and 400 well, it, bowl games. It's stupid that they have a, a four-team playoff. They need to expand that to uh, probably at least eight, 12. Something. They need to have a bigger playoff. Kind of thing if that's what they're going to do. Couldn't they and, just remove, like, and I guess it comes down to money, but um, couldn't they Couldn't they do away with, like, the last two games? So it would be an eight-game season and then, like, a 12-team playoff? I don't know if you even need to do that, but, yeah, you should do something like that. Well, allegedly they're students, so you don't want to keep them away too, too long. But, but, you know, I mean... Some of these games are just garbage. When Ohio State is playing Kent State or whatever, you know, and it, and the score is seventy three to three, it's like why even bother? Other than the school gets money to show oh, up, yeah, the school gets money to show up. So I mean, that's why they do it. But you know, yeah, it but that's not kids, good enough reason. It, it is. I mean, it gives kids in a smaller school an opportunity to play some of the big boys and play in a big, you know. So it's a participation game. trophy, kinda. Yeah, we don't need participation trophies. You want to play in a big school? Be better. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you, but uh. you know that's it's that simple. You want to play in a big school? Be better. If you really want to play in a big school, the way this NIL works now, go to bullshit state, be awesome for a year, and then transfer. Be good uh, enough to to be transferred. Who do we have coming up today? I mean, we didn't even talk about that yet. Uh, we have the Blackheart Saints. They are a uh, modern-ish rock band. Um, they have a, a new single called Two Drinks In. Um, they've been on Billboard several times. They've toured with uh, Miles Kennedy. They've toured with um, Slash. They've toured with a uh, bunch of bands. Seven Dust. You know, they've been they, out there, but they're just not known yet. Do they have white lung disease? They may. Who knows? <laughs> we'll know. We'll know in twenty minutes if they don't show up. They might have white lung disease. Man, there's just so much going on. So much in the news. So much crap going on. It's tough to keep track of everything that's happening. Yeah, it is. It's nutty. 
It's definitely a, a crazy world we're in these days. I mean, are you following all the stuff that's going on in Israel and everything? It's just... I'm oblivious, dude. I I have literally... You know when I hear the news, honestly? Right yeah. here. Yeah. Two days a week, two hours a day. That's the only news I hear. I do not watch it. I don't watch it. I don't pay attention. Unless it directly affects one of my businesses or something, I just don't care. But aren't you interested a little bit in like what the hell's nope. going on? I'm really not. I'm really not. What what do I give a and this is gonna sound super callous, but I don't care. The fuck do I give a crap what's going on on the other side of the planet? Why do I care? How does that affect my life? Well, I mean, in a way it probably does, right? What bit. way? What way would that be? What you have, you know, protesters here. I mean, and to see that not kind of- I don't. <laughs> All right, I I don't like seeing the hatred that's going on in this country. Like I just watched before I came up here, yeah, a a deli in New York, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Oldies, oh by the way, yeah, uh, Sandy. Uh, they the protesters were standing outside, yelling at this poor owner of the deli because he's Jewish, blaming him for genocide, and not letting people into his business, and and threatening this poor guy. Did this upset you when you saw this? Yes. See, I never see that. To me, I don't see it at all, so I have nothing to be upset about. I don't watch it. I don't let it get into my head. I don't care what dumb people do. But I want to be informed, so I'm not one of the dumb people. Okay, so now that you're informed, what can you do? Not a goddamn thing. Nothing more than I can by being uninformed. I guess I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm asking, what can you do? Well, look, I guess it has to do a lot with what I, I've done you know, for a long time now. I, you know, when I was an FM guy, mm-hmm. and I was able to just listen to music and hang out and, and, you know, do my DJ thing. It was fun. Yeah. But now that I've been following you know, talk radio and in talk radio for so many years, it's part of my life and I don't want to live with my head in the sand. You know, my wife last night, I had, Fox on while I was sitting there. Mm-hmm. I was like watching intently and trying to pay attention to what the hell's going on. And she's like, Can you just turn this off? I don't want to hear any of it. Yeah. Said, well, you know, we have an election coming up, and you know, I'm trying to like see what's going on. I'm trying to see what's happening in the world so I know what's going on for you know, the news for the next day at work. But I just wonder if the majority of Americans are like her who just say, I, I don't want to hear any more of this. They I are. I am. I just want to. Go back to my Instagram and look at, you know, funny videos. Yeah, dude, I, I I will spend all my day, I'll spend every minute of my day watching reruns of Barney Miller before I will ever watch the news. I'm just not going to do it. First of all, I can't believe any of it anyway. It's all, it's all I don't care what channel you watch, it's all spun this way or that way. So I don't want to watch that and then try to figure out if, if they're lying to me or not. Secondly... The pandemic, if it taught me anything, it's not to give a flying fuck what these what these quote unquote leaders have to say. These dumb leaders, and, and I'll tell the story. I think I've told it before on here, but these leaders were the ones that told me to close my business in Pittsburgh. Then, then one leader told me open it, the other leaders told me not to open it. So then I made the decision to ignore them and do what I wanted to do and just not give a shit what they said. And guess what happened? Nothing. 
they're not as important as, as the weight we give them. What is important is that you live your life well. You do your best to do the best you. If you do that, you're going to either thrive or not. But sitting around getting your making your heart heavy, watching the news and watching. Look, I hate I hate it for Jewish people that are getting persecuted. But you know what? I'm not one of them, and I got my own problems. And I guarantee you. A year from now, when this nonsense is hopefully over, they're not going to be sitting around wondering, I wonder if Chris Aiken's still thinking about that burn accident. or you know, I guarantee they're not thinking about me. So I just don't worry about it. I can't. I guess I want to be informed. Though, and I, I, it's not that I like hearing the bad stuff. There, there's a, a representative that works for our government mm-hmm. okay, who is warning Biden. Now, she's a Democrat. Is okay. warning Biden about his support for for israel and she downplayed the fact that women were literally raped to death there were women that were being raped shot in the head while being raped yeah died while still being raped and i hate to you know talk like that but that's what happened but you carry that weight with you person in the government that's is is downplaying that kind of thing yeah to me i think that it's necessary this is the why we're in a shithole that we're in with this country because more people aren't informed as to what is actually going on. Well, the, people it, actually sat around and looked and watched the news and saw the kind of shit like that going on, then maybe people would be more informed and we wouldn't be in the trouble that we're in. Well, and here's where I'll say that, that you're wrong on this. One, there's way more people that are informed to your level than to my level. Way more. I, I, don't I absolutely think 80% of the people still watched some news. 80, 85% still watch some news. I mean, I, I'm not even kidding you when I say I don't watch any. I literally, literally, literally do not watch any. Like I was explaining to you, even with, with social media, if they mention politics, I block it. I will not be bogged down with it. And I... I think part of the reason we're in the the place that we're at today is everybody's bogged down with it. And it's just so easy to find whatever side of the aisle you're on. It's so easy to find reasons to be pissed and to be mad and to be sad. You know, I don't have any of that. I don't, I don't feel, I don't take on the weight of anything, but what I do. Here's where I'm going to think that I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. I, I think you're giving people too much credit. I don't think they are informed. I think the majority of people are like you or my wife who don't care. I shouldn't say informed because you're one of the smartest people I know. Informed as far as or care about what's going on in the country. Jesse Waters is probably the he is mm-hmm. the primetime guy on Fox. Sure. Okay. Primetime. Nightly views, an average of nightly views is like 2.1 million people per night. 2.1. Okay. There's 350 fucking million people in this country. 2.1 yeah. million is, is spit. CNN I mean, they're the biggest joke you can get. In 2021, average 892,000 viewers. Wow. I mean, that's next to nothing. Yeah, that's zero. That's zero, because most of that is probably one or two hosts, and the rest of it's probably 150,000 a show or whatever. And we're talking about 350 million people, give or take 20 million with the, the immigrants, the illegals that are here, uh. that are... That's well, the tiniest percentage of people. That but are how much of that? Here, about what's going on? But here's here. I see. I think that's a little and bit. I'm of not a, talking about watching 
Holly Strano do her juiced no. up news, whatever it is, or weather. That's not what I'm talking about. Local news is bullshit. But, but don't you think that that number is skewed now because most people get their news from TikTok or X or That's Facebook? If you, I mean, you sure it is. You can get not, news stories. Okay, you're on TikTok. You know how skewed that news is. It's, it's, half the stories are garbage. As opposed yeah. to CNN? What I'm saying is half the news that you get on on TikTok or social media X or whatever is literally a, a clip, a snippet of garbage that was said without the context of everything, without mm-hmm. an actual news report to go along with it. No, I don't think the majority of people are informed. I don't think the majority of people okay. care. I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I, I don't know. I don't actually watching national news. Yeah, I know for a fact. I, I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't care. I at this point, I cared up until probably the Obama administration. And I was a big news guy. Dude, I had my own news radio show for a little while called All the News. I did that for a year, literally talking politics. Um, I just got so frustrated with it and so angry about it. And I just was like, I can't carry that fucking rage with me anymore. I can't worry about what other people are doing. I only got X number of days left on this planet. And the last thing I'm going to do is waste one ounce of energy on shit that I can't control. What I can control is me. So I'm I'm very selfish in what I what I watch and what I put into my system. I'm very selfish about it and I will not I will not share any space in my head with these fucking lying piece of shit non-caring about our country people. Don't forget I served So it isn't like I don't care about the country. I went and served it and was willing to die for it. And now with what we have leading it and who we have in front of it, I would never do that again. Not for this country. Not for this country in 2023. No way. I wouldn't. But I guess my point is is that's why we're the trouble that we're in. (laughs) Well, if nobody cares, then nobody's going to do anything to change it. What, what what can you do to change it? You try to vote these fuckwads out, and what do they do? They cheat the election. Well, that's, I guess, what I'm saying is that we, there's got to be something. To, you see who's changing it. It's the assholes that are out there protesting the little deli in New York. The ones that are making all the noise are the, the, the leftist whack jobs. Well, there's only one way, but there's but, only one way to change it, and that's with weaponry. That's with guns. It's with violence. That's the only way to change it. The minute you say that, you got to knock at your door. YouTube just... <laughs> They might have, but I'm just being honest. Okay, I don't know if violence is necessarily key. So you, so you're going to adopt the 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 philosophy. Of, well, if you explain it well enough, then people will change. No, I don't but buy that for a minute. Have, you don't need to start shooting people, but you do need to take to the streets. You do need to make some noise. You know what would stop people from tearing down posters of people that are missing or dead shooting or whatever? Yeah. Putting a putting a the back end of a rifle right in their teeth and taking their teeth right out of their fucking face and then coming right back behind them going, "Who's next? Who wants to tear this poster down next? Cuz I got something for your dentures too, motherfucker." You know, that's way that's what gets things done. No, there's no amount of talking, no amount of talking points, and certainly no amount of talking points on the news where where instead of just giving the right point of view, they also got to give equal time to the person that says, you should hate Jews and you should kill them. You know, they always try to give that, well, we got to be fair and balanced, and they're fair and balanced as being two radical sides of the equation. 
I know I'm a radical, but that being said, I'm a radical that, that fights with action, not with words. Words are, words are a ridiculous thought that they're going to make any impact. You can't just go out shooting people. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> I know this. Did you, ever, did you ever pick on somebody in school and then a bully fucking knocked you out? Yes. No. Did you do it again? No, but I, I know what you mean. Yes. I did. I'll tell you the kid's name. I'll give him a plug for knocking me the fuck out. Robert Lujan in Streetsboro High School in 1986. <laughs> he told me to stop messing with his girlfriend. I was trying my damnedest to, to get his girlfriend to give me a kiss. Trying my damnedest. He, he gave me one warning. I tried it again. He knocked me into next fucking month. Boom! Hit me as hit me, knocked me completely unconscious, split my eye like all the way down my face. You know what I never did again? I never said boo to his girlfriend. Never. <laughs> I learned my lesson the hard way. And unfortunately, there is no soft way to teach lessons anymore. We've softened this country enough to where everybody I thinks they're that. important. I agree with that. And social media has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Because everybody thinks that they have a voice and it matters what they say. Well, how about just def- take social media out? And I agree with you on social media. But how about if we go to an even bigger picture? How about that we just don't prosecute crime? That's true, too. You know, where is my incentive? I, I was thinking about this the other day. Why am I? What is it that makes me this stupid and makes you this stupid that we're not just going in? Both of us could use more money than we're making, but neither, neither one of us has just walked into a grocery store, filled a cart and said, fuck you, I'm leaving. That's, that's true. <laughs> and, and why are we not doing it? It seems like it's legal now. Should get some Christmas shopping done. And that's what and I'm saying. A couple of TVs and get some stuff I want. Again, going to X. I can go to X right now and just just write people stealing from stores. 5,000 videos will come up, all different, from stores all in the last weekend. Weekend. So why are we so stupid as to not do it is, is kind of, and, and I know the reason, because we were raised with morality, because we were raised with a conscience, because we were raised with right from wrong. That being said, doing right isn't always right. Doing the right thing sometimes leaves you the pauper. And that's the world we live in today. That's why I can't be bothered with knowing the news. Because the news just shows me that I'm the idiot that still thinks that there's morality and justice in this country. You got your ex-president with 900 charges, all of it bullshit, with a judge sitting on it whose whose spouse is posting about how they can't wait to see this fucking president put in jail. Right. And I'm supposed to what? Respect the law? Respect the process? Uh, feel something like like he's being treated wrong or something? No. I feel like the whole process and everything about it from the top down is fucking broken. So I'm not going to sit around watching what dude it, it, it's uh, how often will you sit around watching video of an empty junkyard that's what the united states is now an empty fucking junkyard just a bunch of broken shit none of it works none of it's gonna work it's just broken 
Well, you know, just like you know, good old Heidi here, who would love to see every single January sixth person put in jail. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there are guys that are literally just walked through, didn't touch anything, didn't break anything, mm-hmm. that are doing five, six, ten, eleven years. Sure. The assholes that burnt down a building. I think it was a Wendy's. Yeah, I saw that. They got they got what a hundred hours of community service and a fifty dollar fine or something. Yeah, Five hundred dollar fine. I think it was five hundred yeah. bucks and, and some community service. They burnt down a fucking building. Yeah, ruined a million walk, dollar business. Right, walk through uh, the halls and, and are sitting in jail for the next ten years. Nah. Meanwhile, they took out. They took. I mean, what do you think a Wendy's does in business a day? This this idiot. I'm sorry, Heidi. You're an asshole. If you don't think the president we have now is the walk, the laughing stock of the whole world, then you're just a dick. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah, let her stay. I see people saying, telling her to go troll somewhere else. I say, no, stay right here. Stay right here. It's funny. But you can't be that stupid. You can't honestly believe that people think that Trump is more of an asshole than, than Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to go to jail. Nah, he's going to die first. That's true. He probably died. He's going to die in office, allegedly die of natural causes. Wouldn't shock me any if he gets the Hillary Clinton dumb suicide with two in the back of the head. I'm 29 to 60 years from now. I'm positive people will be like, you live during that and how someone like that could be elected. You You're know right. what? Biden? You're right. And you know why she's wrong? on? Because you know who they said that about last Bush, Bush too. <laughs> and really, everybody's already forgotten about Bush too. The, the, only, the only president in our lifetime that everybody cemented as being awful and has held that title is Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter has held the title, as, and he might be replaced as the worst president by this fucking dunderhead that we got now. Yeah, it, it is, son. Well, I, I, I don't give a shit about it. Isn't it funny that they both have retarded sons? <laughs> Bush 2 is also a literal war criminal. Yeah, so are they all. Dude, Heidi's just a, a dick. No, she's just a, she's, what'd she say? She's 29? Yeah. So she's raised in that in that era of, oh, leftist this and that. I'm sure she's fucking happy with the pink hairs that say that they're a, a puppy, and then we're all supposed to call them Fido. So who gives a shit? She's just one fucking millennial dumbbell. Who cares? Like, I don't care if she's stupid. If she's hot, I'm good to go. Yeah. Well, that's why she blacked I, I out like her it. picture. She's got like, she obviously has mental problems, and that's the kind of girl that I fall for. Yeah, that's why she blacked out her photo, though. <laughs> she's hot, she'd have the photo in there. She's uninformed. I, I don't think that. I think that people have tried to inform her. I think she's just an ass. Well, she doesn't want it. She doesn't want to be yeah. informed. She's informed on her side. She's Team Chiselka. <laughs> At least Trump did what he said he would do while he was president before. Yeah, that's true. At least he tried. I don't understand why it always has to go back to Trump. We got much bigger problems than Trump. This country went to shit from Clinton on. And I would say before that, but I'll start with Clinton. Clinton with the not balancing the budgets, or Reagan, really. Reagan was the first one that said, ah, we don't have to balance the budget anymore. Clinton was the one that said we could sell debt. Clinton was the one that fucking hid, hid shit and didn't, you know, bombed places of no consequence just so he could pretend like he was trying to fix shit. You know, Bush has all his war crimes and all his bullshit. Um, Obama, 
Obama's just a walking criminal. Um, you know, Trump had his issues. Biden's a fucking pudding head retard. It's great when it's the great when the older generations fuck up the country and leave the ruins for the younger ones. You're who right. You, it is. Who it is. Put in there, Heidi. That's what I want to know. Who who are you voting for, Heidi? You know what? I'm glad we fucked it up for you because your fucking super generation, your generation of brilliant minds, you now have the opportunity to show the world why you're superior. So go fuck yourself and go fix the world and shut the fuck up, you stupid cunt. Wow. <laughs> uh. Go right ahead. I fix mean, the fucking world. Let's see what happens, right? I mean, the literal only thing Trump did was... what. Republicans are elected to do cut taxes for corporate donors. The presidency was underhanded. She's. I wish she was a, a little bit right. I wish she was just a little bit right. She's not <laughs> even like a little bit right. I mean, I, I won't call her the c word. I will. I don't mind throwing cunt around. <laughs> don't mind it. You act it. You earn it. What time is the band coming on? Two minutes. Oh, okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. Should we take a break? We can. We'll, if you want to. Come on. we'll wait till they come on and then we'll play the play one of their tunes. Well, I want to take a break though too first. All right, we'll take a break. All right, we'll take a break before they come on and then uh we'll let Heidi settle down a little bit. Yeah. She's all fired up. Right from the C word. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> KRFK Radio has the best hard rock and metal on the planet. Featuring Joe Elliott, Def Leppard vocalist and host of the Joe Elliott Radio Show. Are you serious? Eddie Trunk, host of the biggest metal programs ever on radio and MTV. Charlie Kendall, creator and host of Metal Shop. For adults only. Dee Snyder. Twisted Sister vocalist and host of the House of Hair. Any questions? Ron Keel, the metal cowboy. Ron Keel band vocalist and host of Streets of Rock and Roll. And boss of this here outfit. L.A. Lloyd, host of the Rock Countdown. And here comes the best part. The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris Aiken. And Hairball John. Am I on the air? Together, they reach all, and I mean all, hard rock and heavy metal fans. And you can only find them all together here on KRFK Radio. Hallucination has no patience. Taking your body without hesitation. Inside your mirage, I always seem to be lost. When mental health will hide itself in camouflage. This is a fantasy, a vicious enemy. There is no remedy.
back here on the Seth Williams Show with Chris Aiken, and we are joined now by the lead singer of Blackheart Saints, Josh. How's it going? How you doing, What's man? What's up, man? Can you hear hey, me? Can yeah. you see me? Yep, we <laughs> see you. We hear you, man. All right. Let's right, you to the fire, man, because we were talking politics and hardcore shit before you got on here. Oh, so man. we want to know exactly what you think about Biden, Trump, no. and where the country <laughs> is going. No, we don't. No, we don't. We, uh, we, we stick to music, man. That's all we do. Uh, there you go. Good answer, man. I thought I'd toss you out there right at the beginning. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me, man. Well, dude, it's it, it's really cool to be. I I will admit, I am, and I think Seth is too. We're just discovering your band, even though, even though you've had some success on Billboard and you've had some cool to cool tours, we're discovering the band for the first time, and I think our audience probably is too. So why don't we start there, man? Why don't you give us a little background on the band, how you got together, and how you got to where we are today? Sure, man. Um, you know, we've been together for a little while, and I think that's the story of the of, of our life is that it's just hard to get discovered, I think, for anybody out there trying to chase his dream. Um, and we're thankful for guys like y'all that, that kind of help get bands that are up and coming uh, discovered. So uh, the band got started back in 2014. Uh, we all kind of moved to uh, the music capital of Austin, Texas, to try to, you know, do something with music. And uh, been fortunate enough to find the, the right guys. And, um, you know, we kind of had a little bit of a trial and error at first. And then uh, probably after the first year of being together, we really had it locked in and got the guys that fit the the, the image and the game plan and really was hungry and wanted it. And uh, it's it's been, you know, off to the races. Right on, man. Well, dude, you bring up the point about being focused and it's kind of the double-edged sword. I, I've been interviewing bands for 20, 30 years at this point, and I know every band that you've ever heard pretty much. And the one thing that is always the weird balancing th balancing act that I always find, especially with new bands, is balancing between it being business and it being fun. And you can't only, you know, it's the weird thing. The, the successful bands will tell you, well, you got to keep the business in mind all the time. And that's not true either. You know, it's, and, and then the obvious, the ones that flame out a lot of times because they're partying too much instead of keeping their eye on the prize. Where do you guys find that balance between keeping it fun and keeping it professional and making it a, a business choice versus a, you know, a lifestyle choice? Sure. Uh, I, mean, I think that comes down to members, man. Um, you know, everyone has their own game plan uh, in mind and, uh, this is what we had in mind. You know, we wanted to do it as a career. This is, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of years trying to build up our craft and talent and, uh, and exposure and all that good stuff. So um, I think just having the right like, like mind people with us um, and, and seeing the goalposts and, and reaching that each time, that keeps us motivated. Um, of course, like I said, there's a game to play. Um, how do you kind of, you know, become a successful band, commercialize, while also staying true to your roots and, and, you know, writing songs that mean something to you. And, um, you know, I think it's just a hard game. It's a hard balancing act, but if you want to do this as, as a, a career, I think you just have to be open-minded to every option. And that's what kind of what I wanted to know is that there's a fine line between having your art that you like and the music that you like to make and what the record companies, what people want to hear sometimes as far as the hits go. You know, I know a lot of people where they say the hits fucking suck, but the, the ones that are, you know, the B-side stuff is it really rocks. And so is it tough for you to pick the stuff that you like and stuff you think is going to hit? Um, I think it comes down to feeling, man. Uh, you know, you know, we've been fortunate enough to kind of have people that are willing to uh, let, let us kind of have reins of things. So 
Um, we still have a lot of input on, on what we want to do. Um, things are kind of tossed at us. And uh, again, we just, you know, if it feels right, we do it. If it don't feel right, then, then we have that talk, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, meet me in the middle. Um, you know, we're not going to agree on everything. And, and again, you got to you got to be OK with that and, and trust the process, as they say. And, uh, and it's it's just been working for us that way. Right on, man. Well, dude, I, I noticed that you're signed with um, Cleo, Cleopatra. Um, they are a label that has very much changed over the last 15 years or so. I mean, I can remember when I first started working in print and in radio, Cleopatra was nothing but cover albums. It was always like, here's the industrial version of Guns N' Roses, and here's the country version of Metallica. You know, it was always these weird things but they've really kind of stepped up and they're picking up a lot more bands like yours that are original for you guys what went into the choice there because i i mean like you said you're you look at the business of it i'm sure you saw that they did a lot of strange stuff that was not necessarily built toward building a band what was it that they brought to you that made you think that you know they they've kind of changed the ship in the right way to where they would be a smart working relationship for you uh yeah i think from my understanding brian was i think he started off as like a t-shirt shop or something sure. uh, making prints for for bands and stuff which is really cool uh, i didn't even know much about him uh until recently um you know you know the capital records and all that good stuff right mm -hmm. I mean, those are staple names uh cleopatra wasn't something we really knew and that's kind of where a manager came into play and um john gomez and, and he kind of took us under his wing and um you know, he knew Brian personally and, and we kind of sat down and talked and now Brian's in Austin, Texas. So it kind of made sense to uh, jump on board with that. You know, uh, how much are labels doing these days? You know, that that's another, you know, question to be answered by somebody. Uh, but, you know, it's good to have their their support. It's good to be on a label. It's good to be taken as a serious band. And um, I mean, like I said, you know, I personally been doing this for a lot of years and uh you really wanted this opportunity to finally happen and, and here it is you know so I'm, I'm blessed for that how tough is it making money these days with the record label with the manager and everything else and getting seen and all that kind of stuff with the digital age how tough is it for a band like you to make money if, you know without the touring and everything how, how tough is it uh, extremely tough man um you know i think a lot of people have been coming about coming out about uh, you know, the streams number matching how much is being paid out and stuff like that. And I think that's very true. It's, it's hard to make money, uh, which is where it goes back to the whole label and, and where they're able to really support a band. It's, it's almost it's not like it was back in the day, you know, where they're able to take that risk. And a lot of the bands are having to take that risk on their own. And, and it's good, too, because, again, we keep everything in our hands. And we could kind of, you know, oversee everything. We do a lot of our own bookings and, and that's kind of, yeah, the tour is the only way for us to really make money. And we still have our hands pretty much completely on that fact. So um, as long as we kind of keep doing our bookings, we kind of make money that way by being out on the road, you know? Sure. What do you think about, and maybe you never even thought about this, but I, I only noticed it because I get the emails every day. I've noticed that Century Media, you know, it's obviously a heavy metal, very heavy metal label, they all of a sudden are moving all of their stuff in their history, all 20 whatever years of history over to Bandcamp. They're moving like everything there. And at first I was kind of surprised when I started seeing it, but then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense because even though you don't get paid for the streams, you guys ain't making any money from Spotify or Apple anyway, but at least if you're on Bandcamp, 
you can sell your merch and you can announce shows and you can sell tickets if you want to or meet and greets or whatever directly with people hearing your music. It's almost like maybe that's the direction the industry or the, the industry should go because it should profit you guys more. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, man, that's not an avenue we really discuss. Um, you know, my guitarist is, we call him a mad scientist cause he's able to kind of figure all these little things out for us. Uh, it kind of really has a, a strategy with some, of the, with some of these things of, of helping us kind of get discovered. Um, I mean, I think it's just a weird time, man. It's, I don't think anyone kind of knows where this is all going. Definitely. If you want to talk about AI and look at what kiss is doing yeah. Uh, now, they're talking about a digital performance, you know? And, and so the, the, the musicians don't even have to be there. So I really don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a crazy time to be a musician. <laughs> yeah, it is. So where do, where did you guys get your style from? What kind of bands did you guys listen to? Where do you emulate? What, what kind of, where'd you get your inspiration for your music? Um, I mean, of course, all. I mean, there's so many bands. I mean, we could name a, a thousand bands that have inspired us over the years. Um, you know, I, I think we've all kind of kept our head into, you know, the radio hits, which is why we kind of write the way we do. Uh, obviously, keeping it rock and roll by the bands that were inspired us from Guns N' Roses to, uh, you know, the Miley Cruz, the Zeppelin, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Stones of the Pilots. I mean, the list can go on from rock to soul and then each band each member in the band has their own you know influences and uh when we came together this is what this is what happened so um it's cool yeah and that's the unique thing about your tunes your tunes you know i i I read the bio and the bio made no sense to me quite honestly that whole it's modern sound mixed with classic rock sound i was like no it's not it's really not it's its own to me you guys are making your own sound. I can hear, like, I personally hear a lot of Soundgarden and what you guys do. And I also hear a lot of 80s rock sound as well. But I don't hear the ripoff influence from any of it. It's not, what you guys are doing is very, very unique to yourselves. I don't know if it's musically or if it's just your voices. And you, I know you've heard that before. Your voice is very unique. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and, and that, that might be what I'm hearing, but how do you separate from falling too far into influence versus keeping your music your own? Right. Um, you know, I think it's funny cause I just saw a video of Lemmy kind of answering this question where he goes, um, you know, how do you feel about people ripping off your stuff? He goes, well, I, I think it's great. Maybe they'll come up with something that I can rip off from them. <laughs> and I, right. I think that's, you know, it's a question of, you know, we don't know where to fall into this rock and roll, you know, nowadays. So everyone keeps wanting to say that we're, you know, we're outdated sounding or, you know, so we're, we're having to try to find a way to try to, you know, stay true to, yeah, we are a classic rock sound. That's, those are the bands that inspired us, but we also want to say that we're writing stories from today. Uh, maybe things are going to affect people that are, that we're going through today instead of from back then. Um, so trying to keep it a, a modern sound to some degree. So, you know, we really, to, to us, we're just rock, a rock and roll band, a small rock and roll band from Austin, Texas, just trying to have a good time and, and hope that people come to the shows and experience that and, and, and have a good time with us. And see, something you said that kind of struck a chord with me, because I want to punch people in the face 
when I'm watching these stupid award shows and they have like categories of rock and none of the music is actually rock music. It's all this pussy crappy rock that isn't good stuff anymore. And I don't understand this new generation of rock and rock radio is kind of letting me down a lot up here in Cleveland. It's letting me down. Uh, but there's gotta be a breakout once again of that good, hard, heavy hit and rock music that we all love. And hopefully you guys can, can spring forward into that because some of this music is just ridiculously bad. <laughs> he ain't gonna say yes. He's you not gonna to, say yes. You have to agree with me that a lot of this rock music out there isn't the same good rock music that we grew up with. It's just a bunch of crappy, you know, tight jean wearing, you know, loafer wearing hippies with a guitar <laughs> that want to go out there and call it rock music. It's not the same rock music that you guys are playing. Well, I'll say this: Look, when we show up, it's a plug and play. There ain't nothing else to it, dude. We keep, nice. We keep it raw, organic. If we don't practice, we sound better. If we don't get a sound check, even better. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have played some notoriously difficult um, places. Like I saw in there that you played Sturgis, and that is not a friendly confine. If they don't like you, <laughs> if they don't like you, they let you know, and they let you know for every second that you're on that stage. How was that experience for you guys? Uh, man, the last few years has, has been really cool being at, you know, Full Throttle Saloon, which I grew up sure. watching the TV show. Um, but when we first got out there to try to really kind of get ourselves, you know, the exposure, we were playing at this venue down the road. Uh, but the whole band had to stay inside of the venue in these bunk beds, no AC. I mean, we're just <laughs> motorcycles at like 730 in the morning pulling into the venue, right. revving it up. So it's been a long road to where we are now. But uh, and again, every time we go, we come back licking our wounds because uh, we have a little too much fun. Uh, but it's a great experience, man. I, I'd rather people be honest with us than people BS us. You know, if, if, yeah. if you don't like us, then you don't like us, you know. Uh, and again, I, I'd rather that honestly, they they received us pretty well and, and they keep calling us back. So we keep showing up. All right. So I have to live vicariously through guys like you because basically I'm a one legged DJ podcast radio guy. And so I live my life thinking about what your life is actually like. <laughs> now, I'm assuming that you're, you guys aren't married. You travel on tour buses, get the hot chicks on the bus. <laughs> you got the bags of whatever sitting next to you and bottles of liquor everywhere. Is that how great the road is? Back in the day, sure. Not not today. <laughs> That's why we feel like we, we grew up in the wrong era. You know, we want to be back in the, the good times where we didn't have video of everything. You know, everything gets videoed these days. So uh, you can't get away with the things that you want to. Um, but, yeah, we have a lot of fun, man. There's there's a lot of stories that are very, you know, not family friendly. Right. <laughs> no doubt, man. Well, dude, talk a little bit about the success that you've had with several of your tracks on Billboard. Because it's one of the things Seth and I do argue about is what is the value of radio today? You know, back in the, even 10 years ago, if you had a track on Billboard, you pretty much made it. Like, if you had one track on Billboard, you would get 10 more that would just make it based on that first one. It's not like that today, man. Billboard, it just doesn't seem like charting matters as much as it did back then you guys have had what three three songs that have all been on the mainstream charts for billboard right. how has that helped you if any um it's definitely helped um you know again when it comes down to us having to keep everything uh in our own hands by booking and everything it's, it's definitely has helped uh personally um but as in you know the return 
on the on that on that risk that we took to, to try to make that happen with the campaigns and so forth. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to kind of justify it to some degree. I think there's a place for it. Um, sure. But there's so many avenues that, I, you know, it's so much you have to spend so many plates uh, in hope that you grab a little bit from each one and, um, and, and hope for the best. You know, I mean, I, I don't again, I think back in the day, like you said, if, if you had a song hit the radio and it did pretty well, I mean, it was off. It was game over and, and you're, you're able to kind of maybe live off of that. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, here we are four songs in um, and them all charting to some degree. And, you know, we're, we're still out there trying to figure out, you know, how to make a dollar off this, this industry. Right. <laughs> what's, what's more important now, a chart, a charting song or getting on a, a hot playlist? Ooh, uh, I would say playlist, man. Um, I, I, man, that's hard. Uh, we've had great success with playlists and, and, and getting, you know, the audience from all over the world, you know, same with YouTube and everything else. Sure. Um, as in with the radio, you're only going to reach certain markets and, and reach certain fan bases and who is listening to the radio, et cetera. Um, and I would say maybe the same thing for XM. It's probably who's listening to that station and everything like that. So you can only pick so many ears compared to maybe um, a streaming platform, uh, say a Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, they've been very helpful. Uh, we've, we've seen, again, I mean, the, how do you justify the numbers and what's coming back from that? It's I, I can't figure that out. Um, you know the numbers look great, and I would I would think that that would open up a lot more doors, and it it, it just hasn't, you know. Right. So, where are your favorite places to go when you're touring? I mean, you tour a, a lot, so where, where are your favorite places to go? And are you coming to Cleveland anytime soon? You got to come up here. We do, we do. Um, which uh, we may do this this next year. We usually pass through Michigan and stuff, so that's that's very possible. We need to get out there to Ohio. Uh, again, like I said, we're just you know we got to go where the the phone call comes in from and where the demand is, and you know we want to get to every place. Uh, the more people that find out about us and hear about us, uh, I think the more that's gonna be possible. Um, some of the favorite places, I think you know, I mean, you can't beat Colorado. You know, the weather's always great. Uh, we always try to go up north when it's uh it's it's summertime and, and get some of that cool weather that you that y'all hold on to. Um, I mean, you know, uh, we haven't done a West Coast in a while, but that was always fun hitting up California and hitting some of the legendary places like, you know, the Viper Room and stuff like that. Um, man, we hey, we love all the places, man. We like being in the road. We like smelling each other, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> nice. Dude, t- t- tell me a little bit about um, the experience playing for the troops at Fort Hood, because as a former, as a veteran, I know when the bands came, we just lost our shit for the bands coming, coming to actually play for us and only us, you know? So how was that experience for you uh, playing for the troops at Fort Hood? Well, thank you for your service first off. Sure, um, and it was awesome, man. I mean, that's, that's uh, experience, you know, that you don't really get, get, you know, I mean, I hope we have more of those opportunities, but you know, it's, it's something that I wasn't expecting a rock and roll band to be doing um, when I signed up for this thing, but this is, that was the best, you know, community service I could have ever done. You know, it's, it's, right. these people are, are given their lives to, you know, uh, keep us free and, and keep us, you know, doing what we're doing. So, you know, a thank you doesn't even, isn't even, doesn't even serve the purpose. Um, and just to see the excitement out of them uh, to have entertainment there was absolutely amazing you know they were freaking they were you're asking my guitar player can you play some smoke on the waters and it's like three chords and they're freaking out about it and it's just like he you know we go to the green room he's like man i just couldn't believe how 
you know, enthused they are about having us here. And it was, they treat us, you know, like royalty. It was, it was, un, it was unbelievable, man. And see, in my brain, once again, he said, we went back to the green room and I'm picturing half naked chicks everywhere back in the green room and he partying his ass off. See, that's what I'm thinking of rock stars, man. And that's what I need to, I need to follow you guys around and see what actually happens. You should. That's, <laughs> why do I think, I, why do I think he'd be completely bored? <laughs> I've been I've been backstage at a lot of shows and it's a lot of styrofoam containers with sandwiches and um, maybe one bottle of Jack Daniels to split between eight people. You know, that's usually what it turns into that in my experience. So. <laughs> well, that's the other thing I was kind of arguing about with, with Chris at times. Is it, to me, it seems like the. The club scene seems to be different than it used to be even you know, 10, 15 years ago, where there aren't as many local concert clubs to go to. Are, do you find that across the country, or is, is it a pretty still hot scene? Um, I mean, yeah, I think a lot is, a lot is changing uh, year by year. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of venues, you know, get bought out or, you know, go under. Um, but just trying to, you know, get people in the door. Um, but, I mean, you know... We, you know, we've been playing certain markets that have had great venues in them. Uh, you know, we've we've had great festival shows that we've done, and those are fun. You know, but it's cool to get down to the club scene, and and I think those are a little bit more personal, you know, and a little bit more, uh, you know, active and, and fun to to do. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I, I don't think we've had too much issues with what we're able to do at this moment. Um, you know, we're, we're ready for a booking agent. We're ready for somebody to kind of take those reins and, and maybe put us on a little more extensive run. Sure. And maybe, because, we'll, and maybe we'll experience that, you know. Because, see, a fat guy like me is going to die at a festival. I need to go <laughs> see you where I can just go see you play, maybe another band, and hang out and have a good time and, and get a drink on. But if I'm on the sun and there's, like, a whole bunch of people there and you're playing eight hours, I, I, I'm going to die out there. So <laughs> yeah. you need to do a little bit of each for everybody. I agree. I agree, man. The club sure. scenes is where it's at. I have a lot more fun there, personally. Sure. Well, and one of the things, and Josh, I know you can speak on this because you've opened for a lot of big name acts. I think that's another myth in today's world that people equate to the old days. That if you got on a tour with the right guy, that that automatically brings you attention. And I mean, I looked at your list and Seven Dust and Slash and, you know, those types of bands they're certainly big name bands and i don't know that people i think in the old days we paid attention to everybody that was playing you know if 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 we got a ticket it said be there at 6 30 we were in the door at 6 30 right now it's all right it says 6 30 i'll be in at about eight o'clock you know or or they call the venue i've i admit i'm guilty of it myself calling the venue and saying hey what time does this band play right. i'm definitely guilty of that on occasion does it help you gain new fans to the level you'd like it to? Not necessarily, because I know it does. I know you play in front of Slash, you play in front of 5,000 people in front of Slash, you're going to pick off 250 people that are going to be like, oh, I like this band. I'm going to put it into my phone and check it tomorrow or whatever. You know, but does it pick off enough to where it's it has the value to either buy onto a show or. Or even if you had to just do the work and promote the show, you know, for two months prior to getting into playing for that band. 
Uh, yeah, like we haven't done a, like a, a full run with a, a big headliner. You know, we've been fortunate to be the band that gets called when, when they come through Texas and we kind of, sure. you know, three dates with them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there is truth to that where, you know, we're going to pick up a few people, but we're not picking up, you know, what we would want. And I don't know if that's just people are scared to, to try new bands out or, you know, um, there's just so many bands out that it's hard to just consume, you know, so you kind of get stuck with those nostalgia bands that are really bringing the people, you know. Uh, so like you say, they're going to that that main band. They don't care who's really opening up. Uh, you know, so they may show up late. They may, you know, they may just be there for the headliner. So the first two bands really don't, you know, get much out of it. And nowadays it's like I said, where you maybe have label support that can maybe get you on these tours and maybe get you paid out. It's, it's kind of going back towards the band and now the band's kind of having to pay this headliner to maybe jump on this thing and, and, and try to balance out your exposure, what's coming back from merch sales, what may right. even be guaranteed. So it's, it's, there's a lot of logistics that, you know, I mean, we signed up just to play music, you know, we signed up just to write songs and you and thought you did. Thought <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, man, it's tough. Um, again, I, I really, you know, we, the, the only thing that's been told to me is never give up. And that's just kind of what we're right doing. On. We're hoping that something's just going to, something will pop and, and all this, the many years will be worth it. You know, um, the expose, the, the, the legwork and uh, building a family with the band and all that, you know, they'll, they'll be, it would be justified. Sure. And it's funny, dude, because you've been doing it, what, eight, eight years or so now. And let's say middle of next year, all of a sudden you have that one single that pops really big. People will be like, look at this band that just got here. That just came from out of nowhere. Meanwhile, they don't even see that eight years of, of building to that level. They're just like, Oh, you just arrived. You're brand new. Right. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) absolutely man that's that's exactly how it happens nowadays i mean i I think even with living color i think they said that you know they were surprised with how quick it happened for them you know when when Mm -hmm. they came out with uh with that album i mean it just it's it's slingshot you know yeah no it's crazy dude but it's eight years but it's eight years like two years off with covid i mean covid probably had to kick their ass a little bit right and see, that's that's what I would say. I would say, can you even count those years, you know? Right. Uh, you know, we were fortunate to be one of the bands that kind of was able to stay active with, uh, you know, Sweetwater did a master class that brought us out there. So, uh, man, we had a lot of help along the way and, um, and stayed, you know, stayed in front of, of, of the camera as much as possible. Right on, man. Well, dude, tell people where we should send them to keep up with you guys online and to buy merch and and all that good stuff. Sure. Go to blackheartsaintsmusic.com. You know, we have all the dates there, the shop, all the good stuff, you know, so check it out. Yeah. And buy something. Don't be a cheap fuck. (laughs) Buy something. (laughs) Don't just stream it for God's sakes. Hook these guys up. They need the help. I, I do That's love right. the governor of the great state of Texas, though. I will say that you know, the great state of Texas is a, it's a nice place. It's it's it it gets us up and down. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Don't commit to any political shit. I'm with you. No. I'm trying it, man. I'm trying to get him to say something. Nice. Well, dude, why don't we wrap this up by playing um, everybody a piece of your current single, uh, Two Drinks In." Um, why don't we wrap it up with you telling us a little bit about the song? Cool, man. Two drinks in, uh, you know, we uh, recorded at Orb Studios in Austin. Um, we were able to kind of work with, um, you know, Bumblefoot on kind of producing this and, and, and mastering it all up and making it nice. Um, two drinks in, it kind of tells a story of uh, being deceived, you know, and that's kind of what it's about. You can kind of build the story from there. Uh, check out the music video on YouTube. But that, that will kind of give you more of a visual. 
Absolutely. Well, we're going to check out a piece of it right now. Josh, thanks so much for joining us here, man. Black Heart Saints. Make sure you guys look it up, stream it, buy it. Well, let me just rephrase. Buy it, buy it, and buy it. Yes. And then, um, and there you go. And Josh, thanks so much for joining us here on the Seth Williams Show. Thank you all so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. See you. company need fresh teas? Have you paid an arm and a leg for the ones you have? Worried about poor quality when you pay less? Stop worrying Northeast Ohio and visit us at www.wctees.com. At Wolf Creek Media, we're family owned, we offer simple pricing, and we're fair and honest. We even have an in-house graphic designer and cover all your apparel needs. So if you need t-shirts, hoodies, banners, or any other type of printing, call us at 330-353-9695 or visit us at wctees.com. That's wctees.com. A proud sponsor of The Seth Williams Show. There's no place like home, and whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire. And welcome back to the Seth Williams Show with Chris Aiken. Yes, like those guys. I like those guys too. They were cool. He was cool. He was a good. Yeah, guy. I like their music too. I, I I will say that's. I mean that's. I will say anybody that we bring on the show pretty much is somebody I like. <laughs> you know, I I generally like the bands, and I I really like that band, man. I think they have a lot of potential to to he get somewhere. Get political. Uh, do you blame him? Why not? Because he's trying to keep 100% of his audience instead of 50% of he it. He lives in Texas. It's the greatest state in the land. Mm-hmm. He lives in America. where the land of both sides. He's, just, yeah. he's, trying to, he's trying to keep every fan. No, he was a cool guy. He was, he was good. Yeah. yeah, he was good. I, li- I like those guys a lot. Good music. So uh, I want to give a shout out to Charlie's Auto Repair real quick. Charlie's Auto Repair. In Lake okay. Gunner was trying to talk to him. Gunner! Did you get a hold of Charlie about getting the uh, hand controls put in your car? I told him that you were going to be calling. Uh, so you know, if you want to get a hold of Charlie, get a hold of Charlie. He does a lot of great work. He's going to be snow plowing and everything else. If we ever get any more snow. We're going to get a lot of snow. You think? I hope so. But you can call him at 216-228-6979. 
I hope we get some more snow. These 50-degree days blow for my business. I need shitty weather for Pinball PA. For Pinball PA. When the weather's even decent right now because it's December, people go and do something outside or... Or they do stuff that's not necessarily inside. You're right. It could snow all the hell it wants to in Pennsylvania. Where yeah, fine. Shopping. Not exactly. here. Fuck that. Go to Pennsylvania and, and when the weather's shitty and play some pinball. Yes, please do. In <laughs> fact, when the weather's anything, go to Pinball PA. That's my plug for Pinball PA. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's that. Uh, Try to get him to open up and. Yeah, he's smart enough not to do that. Yes. He knows his game. Chris, do you think the USO tour or USO is a good tour to get exposure with young people today, or is there nothing there? Well, I I think it. I mean, like I said in the response there, I I went to the USO events when I was in Korea. I went to all mall. And some of them were were tiny bands. Like I, I talked about that one band that I just traveled around to different bases with. But, I, I mean, there were bigger bands that came over there, too. I saw America once. I saw Fog Hat once. I saw, you know, I saw, um, what was that, Jermaine Jackson once. <laughs> I mean, they, there was a, I saw Miami Sound Machine at one point. There you go. You know, I saw a bunch of those bands that, that all came over on that stuff. And it was, it was, you know, because we weren't getting that stuff and we were far away from home, it was cool. It was cool to get a taste of home. I mean, I don't mean to be a dick about rock music, man, but I, I, I listen now like to a lot of Spotify, and I even had uh, I got satellite in my car, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the music on there is all the same stuff. And there's nothing yeah. that is like catching my eye as being like really great new rock music. No, I like not- these guys. These guys are really good. I enjoy the two songs we played from them. Sure. But I don't know him well enough to sit there and go, all right, I'm going to listen to an album. Because well, there's no radio play for any bands like no. this. And it, 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 that's the problem. It really does showcase how we did not realize how important MTV or commercial radio was to shovel this stuff down our throats. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, you could take bands that have had a 30-year run and I would bet you anything if they didn't have either MTV or radio play, they would not have been successful. I'll, I'll point to one, Papa Roach. Oh yeah. If we didn't get Last Resort beaten into our skulls in 1990, whatever when it came out, they would not have had a career. If we would have had to find them on Spotify, <clears throat> there's no because it was different. There's no way it would have it would have worked. But because the radio beat the hell out of that song for us, you know, they're still out on tour today. I mean, do you have Spotify? Do you use all that stuff? I have it. Yeah, I don't. I, I use it on occasion. How do I you use more YouTube music, music, but how do I find it? Yeah. Um, A lot of times I'll put on like the new music mix or the new metal mix or whatever, and I'll just let it play. You know, a lot of times I don't forget. And here's. Here's why I'm not a great example. I can listen to music for 16 hours a day if I want to, you know, so I can hear a lot of things and just have it on in the background. And if something catches my ear, I stop and I pull up Spotify and I'll be like, oh, this is uh, seventh Raven or seven Ravens or whatever. 
And I'll be like, and I'll write it down and then I'll go back and I'll listen to the whole album. I just did that. That band Seven Ravens comes to mind because they're literally a band that I just discovered kind of. They actually emailed me and were like, hey, uh, I know you like modern metal. Would you give our band a listen? And I was like, okay. So I played it and it was actually really good. So, you know, I find it a lot of weird ways, but I do find it a lot with Spotify or YouTube music, probably more than Spotify, but that is where I do find most of it. You cannot turn on the radio here in Cleveland and find good new radio or rock radio or rock music. Unless you consider even flow a new song. Right. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the problem in Cleveland. Cleveland is dead. Cleveland rock radio. Not that I've listened to commercial radio in forever, but am I wrong in thinking the only place that might play like dirty honey or something modern would be MMS, but it's only at those limited times between, between Rover and um, who's the guy at three o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Cox. Like there's only limited times you can hear it. I I won't listen because I don't like their jocks, but you like Corey, don't you? Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, Corey's okay. He has I haven't talked to him since before I got since I got fired. Oh wow. Well maybe you don't like Corey. <laughs> I mean yeah. you know, you would expect that you know people that are friends to reach out to you, but then you know, mm-hmm. I am divorced to you know somebody that I used to work with. I think some people took other sides. Sure. But again, you find out who your true friends are. Yeah, you know, well you definitely do. I know that they try to do like they have ah, that show. off to that radio station. Sure. Well, I know MMS does that two minutes to midnight or two hours to midnight or whatever the metal show. Yeah. They basically stole mine and Matt's show, but didn't right. just didn't steal the name. <laughs> Which fine, I don't care. It wasn't like me or Matt were going to go back to do it. So, you know, more power to them. It's not like they can't ever have a metal show without me on it. But um, I know they. Who does it? Yeah. Uh, Corey. And I think Pat Butler. I think. Right. I like I, I, I've honestly never listened to it. I think, I, so, I think it is Pat. Pat's a talented guy. And very he is. Funny. So I like yeah. Pat a lot. So I'd, I'd listen to that. I like Pat's band a lot, too. Signal 30 from back in the day. I've only seen him advertise for him. I've never actually heard him. They're, They're kick-ass, man. They were like, the, like that stoner rock type band, like a Fu Manchu type of a band. They're solid, man. They're, they're really and Pat. What's funny is when you talk to Pat, and then you hear him sing, and you you'd never believe it's the same guy. I never heard him sing. Yeah. Let me see if I can't find a Signal Thirty video. Uh, Gunner, yes, my sister-in-law did. Was just about to comment. Charlie called her back right away. Working on things, but looks good. Thank you, Seth and Charlie. Charlie will help you with these hand controls. He's really good at it. Knock on wood. Signal Thirty band. I guess signal 30 means something different to other people, but <laughs> there's a, like all kinds of different things. All right. Here's signal 30 Cleveland, right? Yeah, I got it. Here we it, go. It's entire show. I've been staring at this peanut butter blossom that my daughter made. Yeah. It's why like you eat it. Peanut butter cookies with like the Hershey kiss in the middle. So why don't you eat it? Because I'm doing a show. Yeah, whatever. Here, I'll play this so that you could eat it. How's that? All right. Go ahead. All right, here we go. So this is Signal 30, and this is Pat Butler as a singer. So check it out. (laughs) 
would you ever pick that out as Pat? I'm still eating. <laughs> I'll play a little more so you can finish your cookie. Thank you. Would you ever? No. <laughs> if if you are listening, you ever listen to uh, WTAM in the mornings because Will's and Snyder is actually a pretty good show, uh, and you hear Pat Butler doing the traffic, that yeah. is the Pat Butler traffic guy who is singing in this yeah. band, and he's unbelievable. He's he's great. I mean, yeah. Signal Thirty is a great band. They were really great. This the bald guy over here, Steve Callahan. He's awesome. He's a unbelievably great guitar player and pat's a good guitar player too but pat it's really i i same as you like i when i first met pat i knew him sort of from radio right and then i went and saw signal 30 at some point and it was like your girlfriend hates me and i hate her too you know he's like all angry and it's like wow that's not traffic and weather on the tens guy no (laughs) i like that you want more yeah, Pat's a good dude, too. All right. Here's a little more. You'd go see this band, right? I would, and it's crazy though. That's at the Agora in July of 2015. Yeah, I was working with that guy. I had no idea that's what he did and what he sounded like or anything else. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> he's the most unassuming person you're ever going to meet in your entire life because he just—he's a little guy who walks around, mm-hmm. does traffic and weather and stuff, and then he gets on stage and rocks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he brings it. I, I've always been a big fan of Pat, and he's always been super cool with me. I think. If I'm not mistaken, I did the first inter- ever published interview that they ever did huh. in Scene. I I did the interview with them for Scene now, Magazine. Are we having another band on Wednesday? Uh, a week from. A week from Wednesday. A week from, and I don't remember who, but lonely. I don't remember who, but um, you sent me a damn thing about it. I know. I don't remember, dude. I could barely keep track of today. Oh, yeah, there's a show for the 13th, I believe it is. Yeah. But I don't remember who the band was. So I'm still trying to get some some stuff that people would know. And, dude, I really shouldn't hammer them, but I'm going to a little bit. I have been fucking trying my damn, and I'm not hammering the publicist. I want to be clear on that. I have been trying my damn just to get Mickey Thomas from Jefferson yeah. Starship on yeah. for a month and a half. Based on them asking if we wanted to do it. 
and I just haven't been able to connect the dots. But I really want to have. I'm a fan. What I actually. The, what happened to the coal chamber broad? I, I don't know. I guess she. I guess we were too political for her. All right, that sucks, dude. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not gonna rip the girl because I, you know, I know publicists, whatever. I want you know, someone to get people, but that was kind of stupid. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but some people don't want nothing to do with the politics, dude. I mean, I'm a fan of hers. I thought she was hot, and I thought she was good at what she did. Mm-hmm. Now, and nothing. Now kind of pisses me off. But eh. again, this is this is why you can't you can't get personal with any of this shit. Oh, it's, believe me. I'm yeah, dealing now with having to book people. That's like part of my job. Sure. <laughs> my main job for like, man, it, it it's tough sometimes, man. And people like sometimes they just don't want to do it. Yeah, and and sometimes I I've come to understand that about fifty percent of the time they're only doing it because they're told to do it, not because they not because they want to do it or they want to do press or anything. It's some manager saying, you have to do these interviews. I am so sick. Uh, how does that work? How does that, the whole publicist... So somebody pays... They, they pay the publicist to get them on shows or what? Yeah, they'll pay... Like, uh, I don't know exact... I, I do, but I, I'll, I'll put it in a different way so that I'm not speaking out of turn. When I've put my books out, I've hired Mazer Public Relations. I've hired a... a, a, a publicist to get me on shows and you can do it one of two ways you can either commit to a certain amount of time and then you just do interviews and they they line them up for you or if you're cheap you can just you can pay by the interview so does so you can say well it's 75 dollars per interview that they line up and then you you know and then you do that and then you say well i only want to do five you know, because you have your budget in your head, what you want right. to do. Me, I'm always like, fuck, here you go. Here's 1500 bucks. You know, get me as many as you can. <laughs> yeah. And then I do, I'll do the interviews. And when I've done the books, they get me on. And you've, I'm sure you've produced these, the, what, the, what we, what we call the radio tours yeah. where you get the guy on for seven minutes. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and and they just go one to the next to the next to the next to the next. Every seven minutes you're doing another. You do seven minutes and then you have a, a sixty second turnaround while they reconnect you to the next show. Well, like I had Senator Ted Cruz on Bob's show the other day. Sure. And man, it was like, all right, he's gonna call top of the hour. You have eleven minutes. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we have a lot of questions for eleven minutes. Can we make it thirteen? No. Well, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean they were good people. They were very nice and very accommodating, and, and so it was a great interview. Check it out online, WHK Radio, if you uh, get a chance. Check yeah, it. or the SethWilliamsShow.com. The SethWilliamsShow.com. Seth I always forget that. That's right. It's over there too. So, um, but yeah, I I mean that that's how it kind of works. Is and like I'll get emails for a lot of these guys, and it'll just say Tuesday and Wednesday between one and six, or noon and five, or whatever. These guys are available in 20-minute slots or half-hour slots or whatever. Right. And then the local, the smaller bands, like the one that we just did here with the you know, the Blackheart Saints, they just put out music, and I hit them back because I like it and say, hey, hey, good friend Shauna, can we have these guys on? And she makes <laughs> it go. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm getting close to some of the uh, publicists like that, too, that are like, 
hey, you know, we'll go ahead and you know give you this person, this person, this person. Yeah. Well, dude, a lot of it has to do with if you do their bullshit, a lot of times they'll give you their better ones. Like, I'll just throw an example for me was recently doing that Mick Mars from Motley Crue. Yeah. If you go out there and you and I challenge anybody to Google it, if you go out on YouTube or Google or whatever and you Google Mick Mars interviews 2023, they're all major publications. It's all Rolling Stone and Variety and radio stations and whatnot, except for one podcast, Chris Aiken Presents. <laughs> and it's because I've always been super cool with their publicist, with uh, Mick's publicist and his manager. I've always been really good with them. I've, I've done every bullshit band that he's ever put in front of me as well as the big ones. And I always treat even the, the little tiniest guys with the same respect that I would the big guys. And he remembered that. And, and when I was negotiating with the McMars thing, he even said to me, he goes, you know, I'm going to catch a lot of shit for giving you this interview. And I said, I do. And I appreciate it. And he made it happen. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's for, that's for, I got to check out that interview. I haven't checked it out yet. I want to check that out. It's a good one, man. Uh, one thing that we start having to do more of is tell people to go to the website because I'm checking out the website and it is fucking amazing. Which one? The Seth Williams Seth show? Williams yeah, it's great. It is great. It's the There's only thing we should. On there. It's the only thing we should be promoting. We should not be promoting go to YouTube, go to Rumble, go to X. Just go to the SethWilliamsShow.com. Go to the SethWilliamsShow.com. It's all there. Everything is there. Yeah. It's got the Bob Fran stuff on there, which is cool. It's got your... My stuff, if you like me, it's there. Metal stuff. The metal show, classic metal show. It's got all that stuff. Yeah. Everything's there. And it's really, really cool. It's, uh, and it's easy, and it's one page. Yeah. Look at that. It's all one page. You don't even have to surf around for anything. You can buy merch there. Hello. Yeah, Hello. it's all there. Well, again, if you don't if you don't tell people that it's there, they're not going to buy it. We got, it. and I'm as guilty as you. I never say it either. Yeah, I'm telling you, we got to start doing it more. TheSethWilliamsShow.com. Check it out yeah. and buy some merch and have fun. Hey, nothing says Christmas like some shitty gift that nobody's ever heard of before. <laughs> Get them uh, the Seth Williams show something, and then they won't even know what it is. It'll be a conversation starter because it'll be like, That's "Who right. the hell is this Seth Williams guy? And who's the show?" And you can say, I don't know, but I bought it, and it's for That's you. Right. Merry Christmas. I mean, what could be what could be a better Christmas present than a Seth Williams show coffee mug? Right. Nothing. Nothing. That sounds like the ultimate gift. I don't understand what I did, because for Christmas, I spent a lot of shitty money on my daughter and my wife getting them stuff that was garbage when I should have just gone to the website and bought them all kinds of Seth Williams show merchandise. You could have just gone to your closet and given them the Seth and Mike shirts. I could have, I have a box of them sitting in closet. Probably hoodies and everything else. <laughs> well, go to Wolf Creek Media and uh, get other shirts and stuff, not the That's Seth right. and Mike shirts. <laughs> oh my god, I made some mistakes in this. It happens, dude. You sound like you're you're gonna die. Are we done? You sound yeah, awful. Yeah, we're done. I'm sick. I, I, you're you're like I'm starting done. to starting to get like. That wall between you and the you and and health. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm starting to get all congested and runny and right. Yeah, it's time to end the night. Go, right. go to thesethwilliamshow.com. That's right. That's a good way to end the night. <laughs>
And here, Wednesday, we're going to talk about the Browns' disaster that is their season because they're not going to win another game, just like I said. Blah, blah, blah. We should get John Drake on the show on Wednesday. I'll ask him if he's available. See if he's available. All right, I'll see Let if he's available. On. See if he's able to come on and talk about the disaster that is the Browns. I will have him come on. If, if, if he's available, I'll have him come on. I think he's afraid to come on. Oh, he's definitely not. I, oh. can, I can assure you, he ain't afraid to start yelling back and forth with anybody. He's afraid to come on this show. And <laughs> I person. will just send him the clip of you saying that. That'll that'll act as a as the invitation. <laughs> I have to change his name. No, John Drake Bloom Doggy thing. It's Wuss Doggy. He's wow. He's afraid to talk about this shit team and, and how they're not going to win another game. Well, I'll tell you this. Every time I make a comment to him, like during the game, because him and I text during the games every game, every time I say anything negative, all I get back is, okay, Seth. (laughs) (laughs) You know what we should do on Wednesday, too, since we don't have a guest? Yeah. We have John Drake on. It would be cool. But uh, they released the body cam video of Holly Strano. Oh, I'd like to watch that. And where she is telling people how she's in the news, <laughs> and they give her the full set of tests. Did they try? Did she? I, I have not seen this. Did she try to talk her way out of it because she was in the news? Yes. She flipped her fucking car over. You and I went to the crash site. I will have to tell you about that on Wednesday as well. Yes, please do. Keep all those, all that for Wednesday. That is a tease. I'm going to go lay down and everybody have a great rest of your day. And God willing, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. See ya. Yeah.